0: Good evening, hope all of you are well. Today we're learning Maseches, Subis, Dafyud Aleph, and as well, Dafyud Beis, Amid Aleph. And we're going to go down to the Mishnah at the bottom of Yud Beis, Amid Aleph. And tomorrow night we'll pick up with the balance of Dafyud Beis and Dafyud Gimel. Also tomorrow night, not in person, um, on Zoom, live at the, right, at the right time. And then of course I'll upload. Let's get started. The Mishnah begins on Dafyud Aleph, Amir Aleph, and reads, If you have a woman who's converted, or a woman who was held captive, or a woman who was a shivcha. And then, each of them respectively go through their freeing up process, uh, and that would be a pidyon for the shivuyim, and a gerus for the giores, and nishtachiru is a shivcha who got freed. If they are pichusos mipenos shaloshan of if they are redeemed, if they are freed before their third birthday, then, even though we otherwise would have assumed that had they been uh, a Shifcha or a shivuya or a Gioris, that they've had Tash Shamita and they could no longer have a Tina's pasulam But that's not the way things are, because since they're under three, we assume that their Pesulem will grow back and they're, uh, they therefore should have a regular Ksuba. And that's how the Mishnah concludes that Ksuba Sanmasayim, they get a regular Ksuba of 200 they are regular women. They're regular women, and if a husband then would taina that on the first night when they get married, that he doesn't sense that there's a Basulim, he'd be able to offer her to him. So that's what we have learned, and the Gemara is going to go through a couple of questions that uses our Mishnah as a leverage point. So let's get started. Five lines down in the Gemara, Amar um, Huna, Gerkatan Matbilano Das Besdin Uh, We are Matbilano, so we put him through. A, uh, the process of gerus, al Aldas Bezdin, even even if it's only Aldas Bezdin. So take a look at Rashi, the first Rashi on the Gemara. Rashi says, im lo av, the lo av, the imo The father's not around. The mother brings the child to Bezdin. So really, it's not the mother's choice, but Bezdin can uh, can decide to be Megayar, the child. So Says the Gemara, my what, kamashmalon, what exactly are you trying to teach me? What are the mechanics over here that allow for them for for Bezdin to be uh, matvil, the katan says the gemara. Because we have a principle, tizchus hulo. Because it's to the benefit of the child to finish the garis process. The adam bifana, says the gemara. Um, that's not. We've already learned that principle. We learned it in this mesecta already, and it's also found throughout shas and other places. But says the gemara, if the reason why Rav Huna is trying to teach me the case. Of ger or is because of zachin adam of tanina. We've already learned that in a adam and adam of ve'en Allah adam of that when we're doing a zchus for someone, we don't need them to be present. But when we're doing something detrimental to someone, then of course they need to be present. So therefore, it can't be that R' was trying to teach us zachin adam because he's late to the party. He's an amora. We already knew that from the from the tanoim. Therefore, says the Gemara, not correct. Really, Rapuna was not late to the party, and he did have what to add. Mahu de tema, ovei to de vadai Maybe we should assume that a guy would prefer the life of Hefkerus. Why would we assume that? Because we know that we hold that by an evid, he certainly uh, prefers the life of Hefkeros. Says the Gemara, Kamash Dehani Mili, Godol de Taam Ta'am de Isura. The only reason we would ever assume that someone would prefer a life of Hefkerus is if that person has already tasted that life of Hefkerus. However, this is a massive yesod in Chinuch that we just learned about. The child has never been exposed to a world of Hefker. He would never want the world of Hefker. He would rather be a frumayid, and he would rather not be a part of a world that's hefkir. When we put meaning into Yiddishkeit, when we give a lot of meaning, it's more of an anchor. It's more of a plant for children to stay put. And the Gemara says, Lema Maybe this idea that Rahuna is postulating can be reflected in our very own Mishnah. Gamora says uh, about a third of the way down in Yud Aleph Mem Aleph the three women in our case where we assume that there was Tash Moshemitah who then became freed but if they were but if they were less than three years old then we assume that they get a Ksuba of Masayim and that they are Shaykh to the claim of Tainas Basulim says the Gemara, in analyzing this, doesn't it seem to be that when it speaks about a case of a Gioris that she was converted by best and says the Gemara, lo, that's not at all correct. We're talking about a regular case of Gioris in our Mishnah. Who says it's talking about this uh, strange case? It's not. It could be talking about a regular case of gerus. And uh, they just want to do what their father's doing. Lav the way that Rashi understood our Mishnah. dafka the way that we initially understood our Mishnah at all. And therefore, you cannot bring a raya from our Mishnah. Nevertheless, the Gemara does conclude that when it comes to a ger, ger katan al das that if the father is not around and the mother wants to convert the child, so then we don't need the father to be involved, we can have the bezdin do it on their own. Amr of Yosef. Rav Yosef, while we're talking about the world of geirus, Rav Yosef adds a very important halacha. This is halacha and somewhat complicated, <clears throat> not intellectually complicated, but it's halachically has a in in the continuum of time, as we'll see soon. It's not so simple to execute. Amr of Yosef, halfway down yad alaf alaf, higdilu If a katan goes through Gerus, then when he becomes a gadol, he's allowed to be moche. He's allowed to undo by protesting his conversion. So let's say that he becomes 13 in one day and he says, thank you, but no thank you. Then the halacha is, retroactively, he's a goido reisa. You have to be a yid. and or, In order to be a yid, you have to stay a yid, but because on day one you decided to not be a yid, so that doesn't work. So then the Gemara says, well, if higdilu is yichol and limchos, then we don't understand our Mishnah. Why? Because what does our Mishnah say? He asks a question on Rav Yosef from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that these three women who are assumed to have had tashvashamita who became freed, if they're under three years old, we assume their basulim will grow back says the Gemara, If in fact it's true that if a girl was under three when she was violated, that um, uh, that her basulim will grow back. If we also assume that when she becomes 12 and one day, she can reject the religion. So then she's going to get a ksuba at the age of four or three. Really? How is that true? We're going to give her a Ksuba and she, then at twelve she'll become a goya, and she'll leave. She'll leave Yerushkaid. Just take the money and run. That, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense because we're not even sure she's Jewish in the first place because once she's being moche, so then it uh, doesn't work. So says the Gemara, it's a great point. And the answer is l'chik Godla. The only time she can get her ksuba is when she becomes 12 years in one day, when we verify that she's Taka Jewish. So once we verify that she's actually Jewish, so then we're willing to give her her ksuba. Says the Gemara, l'chik nami Okay, when she becomes 12 years in one day, it's not in the, in the very second that she converts. Maybe, says the Gemara, maybe it's the case that she'll be Mochev and afka, that she'll uh, reject Judaism on the second day when she's 12 years and two days old. Who says that, uh, that this is such an immediate process? Says the Gemara. If there is a Gerkata, then once they become 12 years old and they are not Mochev, and they're just silent. They don't change their behavior. They're frum. They daven shakhurs when they were 11 years and X number of hundreds of days old, and they daven shakhurs when they're 12 years and one day old. So Allah ha'lamay they're yid, and they cannot go back at that point. So the Pali'at Tosvos are, are very bothered by this. How is it possible you become 12 years and one day instantaneously? How, how, where's the window of time for a person to rebel? So Tosvos at the bottom of the page deals with this. Um, And it's the second to last Toswa. She's already going to be an adult. So once she becomes that age, it's a problem. And skip to the answer. Rashi said, Toswa says, uh, if when a woman, when a girl becomes a woman, she was a gear cut and let's say her parents converted her or Bezin converted her when she was five years old. And then when she was 12 years in one day, she was behaving like a bastard. She dressed apart, She looked apart, She was davening. She made brachos. Then she's Jewish. However, if when a woman turns 12 years in one day, she's not behaving like a firm girl. So then that may very well undo her entire Jewish status and it may make her into a goy. So that was Abaye's take on things. Masiv Rava, Rava asks, two-thirds of the way down, he brings a question. Knas. Here are the, the, the young uh, people who will get a knas for Tash mishamita. And they're only in a status of their Abana, their they their not kedolan So the Tash that they have is as a Kantan. And we learned in Massech HaSivamos that the Tash of a Kantan is really not necessarily that meaningful. So it says the Gemara as follows. Who are, the, who are the children who get a knas? If there is a boy, a kotan, who has Tashmashamit with a mamzeris or a nesina, a group of people, kusis is a suffix of what kind of person this is, a woman who's a giores or an ashivuya, a woman who is held captive or um, a woman who's a maidservant, and then in any of these cases, if in fact, the Tashba when the woman that they were with, the girl that they were with, was under three, is get a Knas? It says the Gemara, this is Rava asking if what could happen is that this girl will turn 12 years old and she could be Moche and she could undo her Kairos. So then, Yahavina to does it make sense that we're going to give her a knas? It doesn't make any sense at all, because then she's going to take the money and she's going to spend it on non-goyish stuff. She's going to go buy tarfas with the money. Why would? Why are we giving her anything? She's good says, the Gemara, you're right, the Lechikadah. We're only talking about giving her money once she becomes a gdola. says, the Gemara, Nami naami So when she becomes 12 years in one day, just like we asked for Abaye, we're going to ask against Rabbah as well, the same exact idea, that she can maybe reject it once she's already from. So says, the Gemara, not true. when she v'lo That once a girl who is a ger a, katan, and she becomes a gdola and she behaves like a Jew just for that one day, now she is irreversibly Jewish. It can never go back. This anyways is a very rare idea that uh, we would ever have any flexibility to allow uh, Chazara to be Choser and say that really she's not Jewish, but it only applies in this one moment in time. That if a woman, if when a girl becomes a woman, she turns 12 years in one day, she's still behaving like a Jew. She's a yid, forever and ever, and she can never undo it. She would have to be rebelling from just before 12 years in one day and not behave from on that first day at least that's how Tosos understands, so then that would, um, that would then uh, explain why she could become a Goy, and the Gemara just says, why is it that Abaye doesn't, uh, doesn't entertain the case that Rava entertains, Abaye, uh, who was found, uh, where was, a little bit more, almost halfway down, Rashi, uh, the Abaye there says that we were talking about this case where she gets a ksuba, so, and Rava was dealing with a case about the knas. So the Gemara says, Abaye lo amar ke Rava, because hasam knasa hainu taima hechote niskar. You're concerned about giving the knas to to the girl, that was Rava's case, and you said, oh, maybe she'll become a Goya, she'll be mocha, and she'll take the money and run. That The money wasn't for her. The money was a knas on the child, on the boy for sleeping with her. It was, it was said that there wouldn't be a Chote Nisgar that he was able to do an Aveira and get off scot free. And lo doesn't agree to Abaye Svara because Ksuba, Hainu timer Lote Kalbain of Lahotzia. The Ksuba, Abaye was concerned, how could you give her a Ksuba? Maybe she'll be Mocha and become a Goy. So says the Gemara, says Ravavah, that's not your concern that she's going to take the money and spend it. We don't care how she spends the money. Our concern, says Ravah. Our concern is that the Ksuba is meant to minimize the ease with which a husband can divorce his wife. So therefore, even if she's going to take the money and run, but the husband has to put out the money in order to make sure that it's not simple for him to divorce his wife. That brings us to a new Mishnah. It's really continuing on the same thing about the quality of tashmashamita Shemitah of Akata. And says the Gemara as follows, the Mishnah, five lines from the bottom, Yudala Famirala. If you have an older a Bar Mitzvah-aged boy, Who's with a k'tana. and the sheba or if you have a young boy who's with a bar mitzvah aged girl, umukas aids, or a woman who was injured by something. She didn't have tashmashemita. She was injured, so that means a mukha's eitz is someone who got a maka from wood. So uh, something was was nichnas baosamakom and damaged her. So under those circumstances, so then our mishnah has to paskin for us to tell us what's going on and how does our Mishnah paskin. So the Mishnah says that in all of these cases, ksubas and masayim. So that's three cases, a bar mitzvah-aged boy with an under a, a under bas mitzvah-aged girl, a young boy who's with a bas mitzvah-aged girl and a mukha says, all of them have a regular ksuba. In other words, the tashmashamita was a zero. That's why the ksuba can still be 200. However, that's only Rav Meher. When it comes to a Mukas etz, the halacha is that the ksub is only 100. The next part of the Mishnah reads as follows. unique case. The who is an almona, so there's a woman who's a virgin, even though her husband died, or she was divorced, or she got Min hanisuin so she was fully married, but never had tash vashamita. Okay, So let's just be clear. She's an almona, or she's a Grusha, or she's a Chalutza, and they got married. So they did Kedushan, Harad, Mikudesh, They did the Chuppah, whatever. But they never had Mashamita. So therefore, she's a Basula. But in this later phase of marriage, she's already fully married. What's the din? Last two words on the page. ksubasan mana. Halacha is that her Ksuba is only 100 mana. And as well, turning to the top of daf Yud Aleph Amit Ve'ain Lohen Tainas Basulim, she also. Doesn't have a Tainas Pesulim. Maybe uh, there really was tashmashamita. Maybe the aithim couldn't watch every moment. Fine. And this Mishnah, uh, the last part of this Mishnah is actually offsetting something that we learned in the first Mishnah of the night. So on the second line, uh, on the top line of this page, the Gemara says, if you have a convert or a woman who was held captive or a maid servant, where we assume that Tashmash was had, and they were freed. And then the Mishnah adds, but they're three years and one day or older. So then Ksubasan mana, then their ksub is going to be 100, because they were older than three years and a day, or I should say, because they were three years and one day or older. So therefore, we assume their basulam will not grow back. Therefore, they only have a ksub of 100. Amar Rebbe Rab. Let's follow the people's names here because it reminds us of something that took place uniquely in the early times of the Amorite. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rav. so Rabbi Yehuda was one of the few Amuraim, one of the only ones I believe that we know, maybe there was one other one, who learned both under Rav and Shmuel. So just a couple of days ago, we, we saw the sheet of Rav that Rav was a slightly earlier Amorite, Shmuel was slightly later, but they overlapped. And the Gemara says that Rabbi Yehuda was in the base medrash with Rav. What did he learn? Our mitzv- our mishnah treated the case of katan al and mukas eitz as different cases. Here, Rav says that if a katan is intimate with a gadola, she then becomes a mukas That Says the Gemara that Rabbi Huda then adds ki when Rabbi Huda left Rav's base medrash, and he flipped over and started learning with Shmuel. "Well, Amar Shmuel said, 'Ein Mukas by Basar. A woman cannot become a Mukas Eitz by basar by, by a human being. A Mukas Eitz is an injury. It's not. It's not generated by. Um, it's not generated by Tash even from a kata. No, there's other Tashmashamita is Tashmashamita. And uh, Mukas is Mukas Eitz. And Rashi actually says this language. Rashi is six, seven lines down. Dibur HaMashchel, Ein Mukas Eitz, Bebasar adam. says the Gemara be'ula Mukas Nami If the Tashmashamita of the content to the kedola is not enough to sever the Besulim, so then they're also not a Mukas etz. It's either a tashmish or it's not a tashmish, but it's certainly not a Mukas etz. And the Gemara says that there's actually another way that this idea was framed out in the right. Says the Gemara eight lines down. Some say that this discussion about a katana and a gadola as to whether or not there's mukas aids, this case was explicitly negotiated between Rav and Shmuel. If you have a young child who has tash with a woman who's a gadola, Rav amara says mukas Shmuel amar a mukas Here we see this. Rav says that the mukas aids. Would be the result if the katon was with a Gadolah. Shmuel says, no, no, it doesn't work that way. If a katon is going to have Tashma Shabita with a Gadolah, either it's Bia or it's not. And if it's not, then she doesn't become a Mukas 8. That's a different halachic category. <laughs> says the Gemara Masi Ravoshaya. We have a question on this. Gadol sheba if you have an older a bar mitzvah aged boy and a and a non bar mitzvah aged girl, the katan habalagdola the reverse, mukas This is our mishnah that he's quoting. We said ksuba mm-hmm. son was of the opinion that the ksuba was two hundred. The say that a ksuba is one hundred. So that pushes up against the sheet of Shmuel, because Shmuel says that a mukas eight is a zero says the gummar Amar Rabba Hachikamar, here's the ripe shot. Godal Habo Alakhtanavalo Clo. If a a gadol is with a ktana, so then it's a a zero, because since she's under three years old, the pachos mikan, under the age of three, can no sein etzba ain dami. The Gemara gives a very um, simplistic mashal that it's as if a person has taken their finger and they place it into their eye. Yes, it's true that if a person rubs their eye with their finger, they touch their eye, there may be a transference onto their finger of a little bit of liquid from the eye. That's possible. Uh, but the, I will replenish whatever liquids are there. And the same is true here as well, that if a godol is with a katana, that if someone who is older is with a katana, who is less than three. So the halacha is that it's true that the basulim will break. However, it will also replenish. So the Gemara says, uh, continuing to answer this, and uh, this is the first sheet over here that um, then if a katan is with a gedola, then she's treated as a mukha seitz. But a mukha seitz kufa is plukta the Rav Meir and the That's really where the machlokas of Rav Meir and the Rabbanon is. How so? Amar Rami Barchama, what is the machlokas between Rav Meir and the Chachamim about mukha Says the Gemara, Machlokas kishihikirpa. The machlokas between the two of them is when the husband knew that something had happened. Take a look at Rashi. This is Rashi Dibramaschal kishihikirpa halfway down. Keshahikirba, kansa. when they got married, with Kosabla Ksuba, and he still wrote the Ksuba, Haya Deashi, Mukas eight So let's say that a man is marrying a woman and he knows that she's a mukas eight. She was injured by something. So it says the Gemara, when the husband knows what's going on, he knows about this before he gets married. She divulges, says she, I just want to let you know that I was injured and I don't have a basulim, but I've never slept with anyone. So it says the Gemara, what's the Machlokas there? Are four lines before the wide lines on yod of and base. The Rav Meir, La the Bogeres. Rav Meir compares this woman who's a Mukas AIDS to a Bogaris, to an older woman. We know that, we know this now for sure, that our marriage age in our community, let's say uh, the earliest is 18, 8, 19, 20, whatever it is, is pretty young, but it's still not like it was back in the day. By that time, many women, their basulim has disintegrated already and there's no, there's nothing that's going to be stopping the Tashmashamita. So where there's a bogarest then there's also no Tainas basulim. It so says the Gemara, that Rav Mayer says that when a woman as a mukas eights, we treat her like a bogaris, like a woman whose besulim has disintegrated. We treat her like she's a tash m'shamita. But What if the husband did not know that there was an injury to his wife? So then, Then that marriage is a sham. It's a mekak The marriage is a zero because he married someone under an assumption that she was a basula, And it turned out that she was a besula mayor let's analyze these shaitas. Why is it that Meir opted to compare a woman who's a mukha's age to being a bogaris, to compare this mukas age to a woman whose basulim has disintegrated? Maybe he should have compared her to a baula like the Chachamim did. So it says the Gemara, last short line. Be'ula, when it comes to a woman who we treat like a Be'ula, someone who no longer has maintained their virginity, that's because someone slept with her, and that's how you become a Be'ula. So Rav Meir wasn't ready to say that a woman who's a Mukas Eitz is treated like a Be'ula, because that's not what happened. She didn't sleep with anyone. So therefore, what are we left with? She has to be treated like a Bogaris, like a woman who lost her basulim, who didn't sleep with someone. However, huh, but this woman who was a mukasets, nobody had Shamita with her. And now let's ask the question in the converse way against the rabbanan. Why is it that the rabbis decided to treat her like a bula According to the argument that we just saw, no one slept with her. Why would you call her a bula Then nidmi Maybe you should take the take the party line of Reb Meir and say that she's a bugaris This says the gemara. We cannot say that according to the chacham. When a woman is a bogeres, nothing has happened to her. Not a Mukas AIDS, nothing. And no Tashba for sure. So let's say that a woman never had a mukha's AIDS. She was never injured and she never slept with someone, but she's 35 years old. So she probably doesn't have a Basudim anymore. I don't know what the age is where a Basudim disintegrates, but it's uh, by then it's probably gone. So the Chachamim were bothered. Something happened to this woman. She's a, she's a Mukas AIDS. Something happened. It wasn't Tashmashamita, but something severed within her body. Something severed the basulim. So, lo isabit, we're on the second white line. And Ha this woman did have something happen to her. She uh, was injured. Ha, ha Everyone agrees that if the husband did not know about it, that, uh, that it's a zero. So, on this line, the Gemara now has a question. The Gemara had said that if uh, the husband didn't know that it's going to be the local, that the uh, that the relationship is over because it's a mekachtos. <clears throat> so the Gemara says as follows. Sorry. <coughs> so the Gemara. In trying to answer and trying to explain for the shittas of Rav Meir and the Chachamim and understanding Shmuel, the Gemara had said that if Lohikirba, that if the husband didn't know that his wife was a Mukas 8, so then uh, then the re- relationship is over because of Mekah But says the Gemara, that's not so simple. Rav Nachman, he Mukas Eitz. Let's say that a woman is brought to in the day after they get married and uh, the husband has a Tina Pesulim. And she says... I was a Mukaseitz. I never slept with anyone. She says, I was injured. Who Omer Loki, that's not correct. Ela Jerusas Isha, you have been literally trampled by a man. It means that you've been violated by a man. So, Rabban Gamaliel, Rabbi Eliezer, Omrim, Ne'emenes, that she's believed. We see that she's believed. So, therefore, says the Gemara, how can you say that Lohi that if he didn't know that she was a aides, that the relationship is over? We see in this case that they believed her. Which means that it's not so simple that lohikirba that the relationship is over and it's mekachtos. Ella, therefore, Rava has to pivot and re-understand his own shita. Ela, my Rava, well, really, he's presenting now for the first time. He's going to question his shita shortly. The Gemara says six lines into the wide lines. Ela, my Rava, ben lohikirba, whether or not the husband knew that his wife was a mukasits. The Rav Meir Masaim, the Rabbanon then according to the the Masayim, according to Rav it would be 200 Zuz. The Rabbanon, and according to the sheet of the Rabbanon, Hekirbamon, man, lo, klum. That if he knew about it, with, again, this is all within the camp of the Rabbanon, that if he knew that she was a Mukas a would be 100, and Elohi Kirbamon, Eloklum. And if he didn't know about it, then the relationship is over. It's a Mechah But <clears throat> Rabba did not really accept this answer. And the Gemara is going to give a multi-step proof as to how we know that Rava uh, backtracked from his approach here. The Hadar Rava. How do we know? The Tanya, the Bryserites. Katesad Hotsas Shemra. What is Hotsas Shemra? We know, of course, that Motzi Shemra is when a person says something that's not true about someone else. Lashin Hara is when someone says something that's true about someone else, but it's just not nice. It's accurate but it's not nice and we shouldn't be talking like that. It's nisr Daraisin many times over. But moti shemra is when you're totally lying. So it says the Gemara, ketzad, motzah, <clears throat> so shemra, two-thirds of the way down. Bala ve'amar, A man comes to bezdin and says, ploni, he says to a certain man, lo matzasi levitcha b'sulem. I married your daughter, you're my father-in-law, and I just got married and your daughter doesn't have a basulim. So it says the Gemara, edim shizin If there are witnesses that say, that she was Mizana under him, then yesh laksub mana. then she gets a hundred zoos. The Gemara says, you get a hundred zoos for cheating on your husband? That can't be. Shizin That's not a time to give someone a ksubasmana. So that can't be what's going on. The Gemara says, it must not be what you meant. You're right, says the Gemara. Hachi kamar. The Gemara says, if when this guy comes to Besdin and he says to Ploni that your daughter doesn't have a besulah so then if, in fact, there are Edim that she was zinsa takhtov, then it's beskila. zin meikara, yesh Ksuba Mona. And if, in fact, she had znus before they got married, then the halacha is that it's ksuvas And continuing with the many levels of this raya to show that Rava changed his mind. Mm-hmm. This is obviously inferred from what we just learned that if a man married a woman under the assumption she was a basula, and then it turns out that she's actually a bi'ula. We don't assume it's a. We don't assume that it's going to be a mechachtos, but rather it's subasmano. Umasiv Rav Nachman, and Rav Nachman asks on this: Hanosei asaisha v'lamatzel abesulim. That if a man marries a woman and doesn't find her besulim, he marry michei rastani ne'enastiv Stachva Sadehu. She says. Uh, once we were halachically engaged, she says that she was violated, and when she was violated, she lost her basulim, and v'nistach which literally means that your field is flooded. And this is, as we saw a couple of blood ago, nistach vasadeh was a catchphrase that indicates it indicates it's basically your tough luck. You purchased a field and it got flooded. You and I got engaged, and then she said she said that she was violated. no, Loki. You were not. You were not violated. Ella You were engaged, and you attached with someone. It should be a mekachtos. So it says the Gemara. Does that imply v'les cloud? And if that's true. Uh, the Gemara says that can't be that she gets nothing at all because this is not something that any of the other Gedolim were talking about. This can't be what the Shiloh was. Shani. and he responds, my mekachtos nami mimosayim. Yes, there might have been a mekachtos, but it wasn't from uh, two hundred to zero and the marriage is over. But it just lowers the amount from two hundred to one hundred. Of Almana Islay Islay she does get a hundred says the Gemara of Ah Tamr How can Rav Nachman say that there was no Kesuba at all? V'Amar Rava Man de Kamosiv Shapir Kamosiv I disagree with your approach. Really, Rav Nachman's question is an excellent question. It does imply mekakhtoz, le gamre mashma. When you hear mekakhtoz, you don't assume, I uh, got married under the assumption she was a basula, which is 200, and now she's a basula, so I'm lowering my contract to 100. We typically do assume that when there's a that the whole contract is off. So therefore, he has a uh, a reasonable question. So it says the Gemara, six lines from the bottom, It's a good question. And here's how we'd answer it. If there are witnesses that this woman, she cheated, so then she gets killed. She gets skila. And if she was uh, was m'zaneh, then veloklum it's a mekakhtavs. mukas eight And if, this is where we're starting, gonna start to see Ravah again, that if we have a woman who's a mukas eight, she gets k'sub Oh, how can you say k'sub klum Here at the bottom of the page, Rava understood this multi-stepped approach to be that when it comes to Mukas aids, that there is a ksubas mana. But earlier in his explanation of Rav Meir and the Chachamim, he said, the low clue, he said that there was nothing at all that uh, should count, and there should be a mekakhtoz. So this is a very lengthy proof. I know it's a little complicated, but it's a very lengthy proof to show us that Rava changed his mind about how he understood Rav Meir and the Chacham. The Gemara now presents a connected case. Three lines from the bottom on Yod Aleph Amut Let's say that a woman got married initially to a man for the, for the sake of marriage. It doesn't mean for the sake of marriage. It means that they were married. And there were witnesses that, that testified that she was never alone with someone. Or they were alone, but she didn't have enough time to have bia when they were alone. They were only alone for two minutes, and the shir for Tash B'Shamit is nine, ten minutes, whatever it is. <speaking in Hebrew> Because she was initially married to someone, even though it does say that there were no, that there was low nistara, it's not necessarily true. It doesn't take that long for a couple of teptash for shemitah, let's assume nine, 10 minutes, like some of the post do. So therefore, the halacha is, Ein in Then the second husband cannot have any concerns about Basulim because she really was married. Says the Gemara on the top of Yud-Bei Zmeralek, amar Zosameras, This implies as follows, that if a woman was married as the assumption of being a besula, and it turned out that she was a beula, so the halacha is that she gets a mana. Ravashi Ravashi argues no bealma Really, she gets nothing. This case is different, shari because she had already been married asks the Gemara, maybe we should be concerned that she that she uh, was not appropriate and she slept with someone that she shouldn't have. We're not concerned about that because the way the wedding went is that she married her husband and they were intimate right away. And therefore, there's no chance that she cheated. sorry, Some say that this Gemara at the top of this page, the discussion between Rava between Rabba and Ravashi took place in regards to a brysa. And what does that mean? So let's read. What's the what's The, brysa? Uh, the, the Mishnah, excuse me. The Sula. This is the Mishnah that we saw on the very bottom of Da'af Yudala based from the Mishnah there. We had said that if there's a woman who's a basula, uh, who actually got married, but never had Tashma Shamita, so says the Gemara, that if she's a pesulah almona grusha chalitzman ani then ksubas and mona beinland tainas then her is treated as one hundred. However, uh, I should not say however, and there's no tainas pesulah. Says the Gemara pesulah man ani suin How do we have a case where a woman is a basula but married? That's a strange uh, reality. We typically assume that the couple was intimate. So it says the we were under an assumption that they did taka get married, but there was no time to for the for them to have Tashma And there on that, Rabbah says, that had it been that she married under the assumption that she was a basula, and it turned out she was a B'ula, she only then she gets a hundred. And then on that, Ravashi says as follows, Ravashi Yomar, Really, that's not true. Really, it should be considered a mekkah tos. This is different. She was halachically married. So we have to make some kind of assumption that they might have had tash Maybe she cheated, says the Gemara Amr like the answer we saw before. That it was as a, that was a case we knew she didn't cheat because she got married right away, and then Edim, uh, and then and then we know that she went to go have Tashma Shemitah right away with her husband. Now, we just saw two versions of Rabba and one based on a Braissa and one based on a Mishnah. The Braissa was discussing a case where there was Edim and the Mishnah was not. And because of that distinction, the Gemara says as follows according to the first version of the Gemara which is based on the brisa that's found at the Tan Rabbon on three lines from the bottom of the page that brisa was talking about Edim and there we said that there's uh, that we don't trust him that there's no Tainas Pesulim then Kol Sheken all the more so in our Mishnah where there aren't Edim of course he's not going to have a Tainas Pesulim but the reverse is not true those who learned that Rabba and Ravashi were really based off of our Mishnah from the bottom of Yud-Alef uh, Amur Aleph, then, then there that would be true, or that, that we don't trust him to say Tainas But when it comes to the Brisa, he'll say that no, maybe we talk or do listen to the Eidim, and therefore there is the possibility of a Tainas basulim. That brings us to yet a new Mishnah, halfway down Yud Be'ez We're going to learn until the next Mishnah, and then we're going to stop. <clears throat> The new Mishnah reads, that if a man is going to eat a meal in his father-in-law's house in Yehudah, he's going to eat with his kala alone. Then he can no longer make a tainas basulim because there was customary that after halachic engagement, they would uh, be able to be alone together. And uh, it was prior to the actual chuppah. And we're going to discuss this in the Gemara. The Gemara says, because it says that for one who happened to have been eating by his father-in-law, that not everybody had this custom in Yehuda, in this location where everybody would uh, eat with their kala says the Gemara, you're right, you're right, there's different uh, different uh, customs without, throughout uh, Yehuda, some of which would, uh, some of whom would eat alone with their kala. Some would not. Okay, tanya, here's what the Brisa writes, and the Brisa says a lot of details here. Amar Yehuda, Yehuda, in the place of Rishona, in the in the place of Yehuda, they would put the chasn and kala alone together just before the chuppah, They'd make sure they were fully halachically married, but they put them alone a little bit in order to make sure that they're libo gaspah, that they're excited about being with one another. In other parts of Eretz Yisrael, they didn't, they didn't do this. We learned about this earlier in the Masechda. This is actually the Brisa. This is the Tosefta that quotes the idea. There were two Shoshvinin, one from each side. And they'd make sure that, uh, that if there were... That basically that their tashmashamita was done in a way they're not in the room of course but they would verify that there was no tricks happening and that Sheets that they knew what it was, so that in case a shiloh had to be asked, that no one could make a claim against her, no one could make a claim against him. They didn't do that. The men would sleep in the house with the chasin, and the women would sleep in the house with the bride. They didn't do that. And then a cryptic line. We're going to analyze this line, and then we'll stop at the next mission. What is the cryptic line? anyone who doesn't do this minhag, so then they can't uh, make any tinus What does that mean? We don't know what it's talking about. The Mishnah quoted many different customs. So it says the Gemara, on what are we saying the line, that if you didn't do this, then you cannot say tainas. If you want to say it's on the resha, uh, where they were being alone with one another and then it says if you aren't alone then Anu Yaholitan it should be called shinogmi by the said anyone who does that is not allowed to be able to say, uh, is not allowed to claim Tainus Pesula. Ella, maybe it's a Seifa talking about the case of, case of Shoshvinin and called Shalomosh Mashmi and it means that if there isn't someone who is watching over you, some type of shushvan, shushvan some type of guard, that's what it should have said. So I'm a good question. And Rabbi responds, Really, we're talking about the Rasha, we're talking about the case in Yehuda. Where a man was alone with his wife prior to the chubba, and really the language shouldn't be called Shalo nohag in our Mishnah, but rather called shalom nohag. Take a look at the Mishnah, it doesn't say what you're saying. The version that Rava had also said shalom, it also said shalom nohag, so therefore we can't understand that it's the ratio. Anyone who doesn't keep the minag of Galil and Galil. But they kept the minog of Yehuda in Galil, namely that in Galil, even though this wasn't normal, but if they were not knowing, like Galil and Galil, and instead what they did is they were alone beforehand, in a Yachalitun Tainas Besulah. Ravash Yamar, lo olama seifa, really we are talking about the seifa, the case of the shushvinin, we're talking about the case of the guards who want to protect the chasen from a Taina, want to, uh, want to protect the kala from a Taina, a seifa of kol shiloh We in fact do change the text of the Brysa. Uh, here, we don't see a pushback on that. It seems to be a little bit of a safer bet. We're going to stop right here, eight, nine lines before the bottom of Yud Beis Amud Aleph. We'll pick up Imir session tomorrow night at 8.40. With this Mishnah, we'll be learning Da'f Yud Amud Aleph and Da'f Yud Gimel. And uh, Amir we will be back together in person on Wednesday night. Wishing you all a beautiful night.